0: TA is intuitive, okay. means save time to get results. The concepts are constructed through human being functional observations and get patterns is a natural brain skill human being developed. Pattern right. recognition. Yes, I, I recognize a pattern, but this is not fully clear to me. And the TA concepts are like a tailor made cloth to my life experience. This cloth fit to my experience, to my intuition, to the patterns that I saw. It's it's fast. It's safe time. This is Three
1: People in Your Head, a podcast about getting the best out of yourself and others, co-hosted by John Fleming and myself, Matt Taylor.
2: In this episode, we speak with Renato Mirandi, who is a certified transactional analyst in the organizational field. Henato is also an organizational consultant, conflict mediator, and coach. He shares with us how he found TA through his own personal development work, his unique specialism of working with family businesses in Brazil, and his approach to working with TA in organizations.
1: So, Hanato, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Maybe you could go ahead and give us a little bit of information about yourself, what you currently do, your roles, your
0: responsibilities, that kind of thing. Great. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, Matt and John. Currently, I head a company called ICP, who deliver professional and organization development through civil approaches. And um, I had our partner in this company and I am a director. And I have professional roles as administrator, facilitator, mediator, trainer, coach, mentor, supervisor, and many others less relevant to make the business work. And in these organizations, my main responsibility is to keep sustainable growth in net collaboration with our stakeholders in long-term relation.
1: Okay. So you work with business over the long-term rather than short-term interventions. Okay. Yes.
0: Great. So tell us how and
1: when you first got involved with Transactional Analysis then?
0: Yeah, it's part of my personal history because I, until 2000, had a position of executive in a company and I was trapped uh, at that moment working as executive director in a Brazilian family company. And I heard for the first time about coaching as a personal individual development process. At that time, coaching in Brazil was not a word widespread like today. And I got some references. I made a research and after contact two qualified coaches, I decided to make a process. And this process was about my skills to deal with my reality and think about my career options. And one thing that caught my attention was during the coaching process, my responses was very easy and fluidity despite intense emotions and uh, discomfort awareness. I understand that at that moment, what really happens in change process. But I find surprise about my own reactions uh, in this process. And I also identify effective approaches for my coach. And I start to modeling trials into my reality with high effective level. And I try to transfer Some things that I saw my coach doing with me in other relations. And uh, later, after I finished my coaching process, I find a new career transition. And uh, I asked for this coach again in another time in the future. A supervision for my consultant role, my new role, and uh, ask for references, books about human functioning, about programs in uh, specialization in human development area, uh, into my organizational and cultural development perspectives. At that moment, I find TA, and formally I start my TA training in two thousand nine and finish my organizational certification in two thousand eleven. Right. And so was your coach
1: a TA practitioner?
0: Yes. My coach was a person fully engaged in the TA field. Great. And also is a TSTA. Became curious about what was working in my reactions into the relation that we are constructing. Right. And how long was that process for that the coach worked with you? At that moment was three cycles. The first cycle is to deal with, a situation with the ownerships, the administrative border, mm-hmm. That are nine brothers and sisters in the, a third generation in a business right. family here in Brazil. And at that moment, the family was in a dynamic who is not effective for the work. Right. And I saw that, but I didn't have enough clarity and skills to deal with this at that right. time. Yeah. And so the first cycle is how to deal with the situation. The second cycle is, uh, okay, now I'm comfortable where I am, yeah. but I need to see perspectives because at that moment, the owners was not taking decisions And these decisions impact tremendously in the future of the company. And uh, the second cycle is to find uh, possibilities for my career. And the third cycle is the transition to elaborate a plan to be out without prejudices for them and setting my own business. And the three take together around uh, two years and a half. Wow. Okay. Wow sounds very in-depth. was. What really catch my attention is my, the lower of my own defenses. Lowering. Yeah. Okay. That's catch my attention. And because that, I want to understand what my coach has as a frame of reference, how she gets these skills to deal with a change process in such a way that defenses are lowering. Okay. And, and then so, I
1: found TA right, and that's that's what piqued your interest in terms of TA was that personal experience of working sure. with someone who was an expert helping you lower your defences. And so, what in the field of TA then would you say is your particular area of
0: expertise? Um, actually, I'm dealing with individuals and with companies. Right. Development approach for individuals. What interested me in TA is the skill of presence. In TA, we call the integration of the adult. Yeah. Presence, uh, this skill is a way of function where I can deal with myself, with you, that yeah. is together with myself, with the situation that we are into, with the construction, with the relation needed to deal with this reality, yeah. and in the roles, with the competence to deal with this situation. Okay. And for the companies, I understand our work is about cultural development. And I fully use it TA, especially because there is a misunderstanding about culture, about systemic perspective, view of organization. And it's very common as a human defense to get somebody to be guilted or some area to be guilted.
1: Right. So um, you're talking about blame. Yes timing one another yeah
0: yes and this is a misunderstanding about the cultural evolution or cultural work functioning yeah uh, the problems inside the company does not belong to people or to a specific area yeah what happens into a company is a co-creation of many persons and receive complex influences to get the reality. Yeah. Uh, I've heard the Rosemary talking about culture yeah. and talking about uh, the personification mindset. And when we lost the frame of reference that uh, what happens inside a company, uh, it's a co-creation of everybody. Everybody is equal, responsible for this reality. Yeah. And. Uh, Especially here in Brazil, you must know that we are fighting with corruption and corruption is something endemic and okay. not belong to one or other people, but is a systemic problem and uh, everybody contribute in some way for this happen inside the country. Okay. And uh, if we don't as citizens understand that everybody has to do a movement to avoid Corruption in every level. Yeah. Corruption is cultural.
1: Right. It won't change the culture unless everybody's involved. Yeah. Gotcha. So I wanted to ask you a bit more about what you were talking about in terms of the skill of presence in these highly emotional environments? Because I know that you work with companies that are family-based and there's a lot of family-based businesses in Brazil. So I'd imagine you get family and business and put them together. There's going to be a lot of heightened emotions. So this would be an important skill. So can you tell us a bit more about how you introduce that, how you coach people with that?
0: Yeah. When I decided to go forward with working with companies, I did a work to identify with what kind of companies I would like to work. Yeah. And um, at that moment, I identify some possibilities. I could uh, work with companies who are into conflicts and searching people who deal with the conflict with them. I can talk with companies who are, or families who are interested into development, but are not into conflict, serious conflicts, or people who are looking for sustainable growth already with a development work. And I decided to communicate to the market to the two last ones. I decided not to work with the company or people or families who are into serious conflicts. Okay. Uh, my decision at that moment is because when this situation happens, it's really needed psychotherapy support in the family. Interesting. And uh, I identify as a business that I will need much more energy into this family to deal with preconcepts about therapeutic attendant or to inform them that without work with the private area, it's not possible to do much in the organizational or in, into the business or into the ownership area. Okay. And I decided to work with companies who already have some conscious about the the personal need of development.
1: Gotcha. And, so families, and, they're already aware of what was
0: going on. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, so my communication is directed to this kind of companies. Right. And in this area, the TA are very powerful and fast to inform them because their capacity of presence is highly allowed to the work. Right. And what is it about TA
1: then, the TA theory and the practice of it that you train or coach in that allows them to bring this presence in?
0: I have some favorites. Uh, social roles for, from Bernd Schmidt is one of them. Relational needs from Hisham Erskine especially for lowering the fences, functional fluence from Susanna Temple. It's a powerful model to inform managers, executives into a map for aware about own behavior and how this behavior impact into the others. Uh, Like a mirror. Uh, Normally, I don't see how I express myself but I could see how you react from my expression. And if I see your reaction, I could look to me and analyze or check how is my contribution for your reaction to my expression. And this functional fluency is very powerful for that. Uh, Another one very important for me to beginning is the multi-cornered contract from Fanita English and expansions from Julie Hay. Right. this is interesting for example in a uh, coaching for example in an individual once time uh, a mother came to me and said I heard about your work of professional development I want that you do a work for my children my son is a graduate and um, he is looking for uh, work as an administrator And uh, he didn't find the real, the good job for him. He is uh, searching, searching and suffering. And and I said, okay, he asked to you help. No, no, it's (laughs) just I'm as a mother. (laughs) And I said, okay, you are an interested person, but my client is he. I didn't have a contract with him. I could establish a contract with you. For us together, see how we can together help your son. Right. But I cannot work with your son because I don't know if he wants to do this work <laughs> or if he will accept just because you are his mother. And this will not work. And in companies, sometimes HR requests a work. And HR identify that has a problem in commercial area. Yeah. And request an intervention of development in the commercial area. But HR inside company has no authority in the commercial area. Right. So this multi-cornered contract is a very clear map to understand who is really the client, who is the people who provide the support, who is the authority to create the conditions for the change happens with the people who will be developed. And sometimes there is no possibility to construct the contract. So the intervention will not work. And TA is really the in my job actually, the entrance uh, very powerful to establish very good contracts with high probability of be effective.
1: Right. Again, the contracting correct first. As Uh we've mentioned before, I think on the podcast, different guests.
2: Uh, You mentioned that there was three different client groups that you identified and two of them that you wanted to work with. I'm wondering how you are able to categorize them when they approach you. So I assume that there is organizations that approach you that fall into the first category that you mentioned that you prefer not to work with because you think they need psychotherapeutic assistance in the family. I'm wondering how quickly do you figure out that that's the case? Like, what process do you have for categorizing them? Because I assume that the families may not realize that themselves, which is yeah. a condition or a symptom of the reason
0: that they fall into that category in the first place. Yeah. Normally, there is a person who makes the contact. Okay, And the first understanding is this person is the person who identify the need of uh, intervention how this person is inside the company and in relation with the solution he is looking for because sometimes the person who search the work is not really has the authority inside the company to bring the work to the company right and uh, during this conversation I understand how I can relate to this person. And sometimes my work is to discover conversation about uh, who is the persons who we need to contract. Who, Who are the persons who will be affected? How much they know they need, they really talk about this issue that we are talking. And inform to the person how we can contract the work and to bring the importance to do diagnosis conversations because when the people into the company identify a solution, these solutions appear contaminated by the culture. Can you just explain a little bit more about contaminated by the culture? If I live inside a company, after some time I'm into this company, I work, I function like uh, I swallowed the culture. (laughs) I need to adapt me into this company because if I don't adapt me, I will be put off. Gotcha. There is a, a movement to understand how the things work here. And I need to take a decision. I could adapt my personal style, my values, my ethic to this company. Or yeah. not. Right. If not, I will suffer. Or probably I will be put out or decided by myself if I have conscious, okay, this is not a company that fits my style. I yeah. need to find another one. So if I enter into a company, very quickly I could adapt of how things work here in this company. Yeah. And when I find a solution, I find a solution into this mindset, because I am into the culture of this company. The culture of the company becomes a part of my personality. And I just work like that. And when a company has a, a difficulty or has want an objective and are not getting this by themselves, it's because the solution is not inside the company, how they work, how they function. And at that moment, an external person has a utility because the external person could see the patterns of the culture and how the patterns, what the patterns are blocking the effective or the objectives they want. Right. And the invitation of the consultant is to work in in an effective way, introducing this effective way into the culture. Okay. And to do so, We need STA into a TA perspective, understanding who is a very good theory to bring how culture is evolved. And if the persons inside the company has not power, authority to change structures, politics, physical spaces, processes, plans, writing, mission values and improve development of people to deal with these changes is very difficult, or I can say almost impossible, to stimulate the culture develop in certain direction. Okay. And because you're working with families as well, that
1: must add an extra element of complexity. And especially if you've got multiple families working together, Because there are very personally held beliefs about values and what's important. And I guess that too is going to influence, if you've got a family structure involved in the company structure, that Mm -hmm. too is going to bring about fascinating challenges with communicating in a way
0: that people can hear. And at that point is very useful the social role theory, because we can set with them where we start development we can set with them which role we are talking now. Right. I am talking with the family members. I am talking with the owners. And sometimes people say to me, yeah, yeah, we are the owners. Okay, let me understand. You are the people who has the legal responsibility into the patrimony. Yeah. You are into the social contract. Ah, no, no, no. Just two are in the social contract. Okay, so you are heritage. Heritage belongs to the family. Right. You are not the owner. The owner is the person who has the response legal responsibility because this has legal activities needed. So we start to focus in, in some points. Yeah. And giving options. Where we start to work with the Legal people who has the ownership with the nucleus of family or with uh, the managers and directors who is inside the company, and the main academy in the beginning is to setting the right role in the right space because the great problem in the family business is the contamination of roles. Sometimes the father is talking to the manager who is. The son, okay. or the son who has not the legal authority, but works like that, okay. and uh, inside the company is functioning like owner, okay. right. not because... like a manager. And this theory gives a very clarity for them with simple words about yeah. uh, how they mixed the spaces and the roles into yeah. the spaces.
1: And that's one of the beautiful things about TA and the many different theories of TA. It has this ability to bring clarity, that you're able to see a new model or, as others have described it, a map. And you Mm -hmm. see with greater clarity because there's a new map to observe a situation.
0: Great. And I understand, Matthew, the the TA as a relational systemic method theory about individual group and culture. Yeah. And these characteristics are important to make TA relevant today because as relational theory allows deep awareness and effective conscious actions to get own responsibility to co-create reality with others this means empowerment people
1: So tell me more about that you say co-create reality with others what do you mean by that
0: I could say that now at this moment we are co-creating something Yeah this is not my own responsibility or your total responsibility. Yeah. We are co-creating a reality. Yeah. Reality is co-created by the people who are into a system, a company. Everybody contributes to the culture that we are establishing into this meeting.
1: So everybody has yeah. that part to play and a role. Okay. You,
0: you and John into the three people in your head are the founders and start creating culture. And when you invite a person like me, you are inviting me to work with something that you value. And so I have to function effective. Look how I will adapt to you. Yeah. And how much I could expand with my own knowledge, experience, something for you. And this interplay makes the result that yeah. could be bad or good. So the responsibility is to share, create this reality. So a systemic theory develops into related concepts that increase probability to be easily aware of, uh, I could say iceberg peak and go deep into main issues, unlocking potential to deal with here and now. This is easy because all the concepts of TA talk to each other. Yeah. And if I have some of these concepts in my mind, It's easy to analyze what's happening and connect with one of these concepts to inform myself how to function into this context. I was
2: wondering if you use the concepts covertly or overtly, so when you're using these with your clients, are you telling them and teaching them about the TA concepts or are you just using them to inform your interventions?
0: Normally, we use to inform that we have a frame of reference and underpinning theory that is TA. Very soon, in the main offer, we inform that. During the conversations, at the beginning, I am using TA to establish the relationship. So I don't talk openly TA. Okay. But in some moments, when I verify that my client has limited model in mind, a limited mindset. Yeah. And uh, quickly, five minutes, three minutes of a small map, TA map, could open the way he looks, the reality okay. could inform him better about reality. So I, I bring the concepts. Only when I notice they are using a concept or a model that is limited. So I use TA to expand with a, a more strong model to see the reality. Okay. Excellent. So in that
2: moment, you become an educator for yeah. a few moments while you teach. So yeah. there's also hearing that you're wearing different hats, uh, if you like yeah. that as a metaphor all the time, where you might stop being a consultant or a coach for a minute and then teach something. Yes. It's interesting because the more people we interview and the more I learn about TA, The more I'm seeing that all of the fields require the practitioners to have some level of educator identity. Sure. Which is unique. um, Sometimes,
0: like my curiosity with my coach in the past, I find some clients that said, "Uh, What do you have in mind to say that? Yeah. And I said, Okay, I tell you at the beginning that I have a, a theory underpinning my working. The theory is TA. What I have in mind is a concept of TA. Would you like to know?
2: Out of interest, do you find that those clients who become curious and inquire and who you end up teaching concepts to make better progress than other clients or no?
0: Yes, I could say. And especially the clients who become more and more attracted and become a practitioner of TA. Yeah, (laughs) Like yourself. Yes. (laughs)
1: I think that's often the way that TA works is somebody shares it with us in a way that helps us expand our own awareness of the reality of what's going on, either in us or with others. And then we get curious.
0: Yeah. And I would say that what makes this difference is um, the other point that attracted me into the TA theory is a meta-theory. ATA gives a psychodynamic frame of reference to consider yeah. and expand understanding of many other perspectives about human being. Yeah. So I could say that is a respectful, inclusive theory. And the accounting that we do into the relationship constructions is very respectful because we, as a practitioner, we don't put away perspectives that not fit to mine. It's an exercise. How I can consider a perspective that not fit to my models, to my experience. And this is one of the practices of presence of being in adult integration, yeah. is to be curious and to understand and be open to other perspectives. Right. And this construct strong relations. Yes.
1: And it's a part of the, I'm okay, you're okay, isn't it? It's valuing. It's sure. that the other person is equal, is on a level, it's valuing their perspective, sure, that sense of inquiry. Very important in business,
0: just as it would be in psychotherapy or education. Yeah. Sure. What you just said, Matthew, came into my mind, that when I, I am a practitioner of TA, I invited the other persons to be okay. And I am easily aware with frequency. When I do something that invites the other not to be okay. Because we are co-constructing reality. Yeah. If the other is not okay, is because in some way I am contributing to this no-okayness. So yeah. what I am doing now, it's a good mirror, TA, because yeah. I could see what I observe much easier the other, but I bring the responsibility to my part of the co-creation of reality.
1: Yeah. That's that sense of when you're present, that you're able to recognize something that would often be unconscious and it becomes apparent and TA, like you say, with the theories and the various different models. Yeah. right. So for you personally, what is it that you find most compelling about the TA
0: theories and TA in general? One thing that happens in my mind now. Is about the TA is intuitive. Okay. Means save time to get results. The concepts are constructed through human being functional observations. And get patterns is a natural brain skill human being developed. Pattern recognition. Yes. So consider our existence need to make meaning about patterns that I, I don't know that I know. I recognize a pattern, but this is not fully clear to me. And the TA concepts are like a tailor-made cloth to my life experience. This cloth fit to my experience, to my intuition, to the patterns that I saw. Okay. It's, it's fast. It's save time.
2: Yeah, I just learned something recently, which I didn't know. I've been uh, beginning to do some reading on Eric Byrne and apparently he wrote quite a lot about intuition in his early papers. But they didn't, you know, they weren't solidified concepts, which was quite common of Byrne in the early days where he would give a mention of something and then never really write about it again. And uh, somewhere along the way, somebody else picked it up and expanded it, like Claude Steiner and Steve Carpenter were probably the main initial two people. But yeah, from reading this book, he wrote a lot about intuition, which is
0: something I didn't know. Yeah. And he brings in a period that nobody tells about that. And Mm. still today, sometimes intuition is uh, connected with something magic or something that came uh, from nowhere mm. and uh, he brings a clear concept that intuition is a very subtle capacity to identify patterns that i don't know fully conscious yeah. i am not uh, aware about the patterns that i identify yeah but i could be aware so he brings a possibility to muscle intuition when I had the intuition is to qualify, to account the intuition and check. Yeah. This make me create with exercise what the pattern I am seeing in this situation. At Some it- moment the pattern became clear with the practice. So I am refining my intuition. Yeah. And is that part of the being
1: present as well for you? Yeah. Checking in on your own sense of yourself. Yes. Right. John and I are fascinated by the world of TA and how people view it. And so one of the questions we often ask is, what do you think are the common myths
0: around TA? What do Mm -hmm. people believe that isn't true? Mm -hmm. That's an, an interesting question. I don't have a quite clear mind, but I can say something that is... A personal thinking. I didn't check with others. It's mm. just my analysis, my, my... That's good. We want to know your opinion. Yeah, and and, that, uh, Matt and I have lots of opinions about what, what's wrong as well, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> One myth, I say the, the holy grail of okayness. I had the perception that the practitioners sometimes is too permissive, too complacent, and not deal openly with conflicts, misunderstandings, or uh, confronting the reality. As human beings, as practitioners, sometimes we lose okayness. It's a human being behavior as a natural defense, especially in stressful situations. And uh, so groups, TA practitioners, the institutions of TA around the world could lose the okayness. Mm. And uh, individuals and groups sometimes, depending on how much the stressful uh, situation is, could need an external support, supervision to get back and keep continued self-development into direction of the holy grail of Mm. (laughs) Right. Maybe it's a never-ending pathway. This could be another meet, I don't know. But Mm. since the world is changing... Any time I could be in a stressful situation and I will lose for some time my capacity, my okayness yeah and it's important sometimes to recognize that I need an external support to recover my capacity, and especially in systems in organizations Yeah so I could say that as an organizational PA practitioner, that sometimes the associations lose the idea of an external help to keep their okayness and yeah. effectiveness. Yeah. And it's normal time I, by time to lose do a stressful
2: situation. I think that's such an interesting perspective, Renata, because I agree with you, first of all, but I also have this feeling similarly, and it touches off the point I was making a while ago about educational identity that I think we forget in the TA community that we have a whole field of expertise around education, but sometimes the other fields don't lean in to that field to understand how can we be better educators. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, one of my own views is that nobody should be allowed to become a TSTA without doing a CTA in education first, because if you're going to become an educator in a field, then you should have an educational training.
1: Oh, John's thing. throwing out the bombs now.
2: Okay. It's <laughs> the same thing in 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 organizations. Mm-hmm. Like you're pointing out, so we have a whole field devoted to organizational consultancy and mm-hmm. we have lots of organizations in the TA community, but we don't bring in our experts to these organizations to figure out what's going wrong. It's, it's almost like a, it's like a spell, you know, it's like we're so insular that we looking out to the world that we don't always see what's going on inside yeah. our own community.
0: Yeah, and it's important that when the system needs to identify that it's important to do a development or to deal with delicate situation, important to bring somebody external. Mm. Because we have inside the associations, a lot of organizational people mm. involved with the association, mm. but this person who is involved with the association already swallowed the culture. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's very true, very and true. it's not uh, good or bad, it yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It is. it's just the way that it is, yeah. So tell us, are you working on any exciting projects at the moment, Hanata? At this moment, uh, I have in the great experience to follow three types, different types of company constitution origins. I had simultaneously a work into a public company, yeah. one private cooperative company, and three different family business in different stages of development. Okay. One uh, first generation start in one company, a first generation, a founder, yeah. thinking including others, uh, family members, the heritage. Another company, a second generation, adapting. To a recently changed in charge of the business with great influence for the first generation. Okay, and another company where two owners, second generation, with a big difference in the ownership. In what way? What's the difference? Uh, one has 80% and the other 20%. Okay, so there is an owner,
1: and both families involved in this business
0: yes and uh, th- they are two different families that uh, belong to uh, a same tree but two ah. different methods. And and um, it's interesting to do the projects simultaneously because it gives me a possibility to compare the contracts yeah the way to do the contracts and who are the interested stakeholders who i need to contract yeah also to map the cultures are totally unique yeah this gives me for me and my colleagues a possibility to confront the reality yeah. it's like a supervision itself yeah. because since we have these five cultures three in a family business and one private and one public since we are uh, experience the whole cultures in the same uh, together, uh, in the same time, it's very useful for us to keep out of the cultures. Right. Yeah. When I work with only one company or only public companies, sometimes I need an external supervision to not jump into the culture. Not swallow it, like you were yeah. saying. Yeah. Working uh, simultaneously with different cultures, really different cultures, helps uh, the presence of the consultants. Keep present to Keep not jump into the culture, not swallow the culture. Right. It sounds like you love what you do. Yeah. I'm fascinated about work with people. In fact, my graduation was a chemical engineering and I am uh, specialized in the business management. Okay. Okay. All my career as, as an executive, I find working with people challenge yeah. and exciting mm. and I have curious about that.
1: Yeah.
0: My, my first work when I was a trainee, I received um, five people to coordinate yeah. in a shift of uh, 24 hours, seven days per week yeah. with four other teams are five teams. And I am the coordinator of one team. And in the first week, I realized that all problems that we have into the process is related to a fight between three teams. These three teams have problems each other. And when they pass the shift for the other, they not pass well. And this caused a lot of problems. Right. So the problem is not technical. The yeah. problem is uh, relation human relations. Right. And and then I said, okay, how can I solve that? It's not with technical engineering. And yeah. then my curiosity became very acute about yeah.
1: that. It's led to this point now. Wonderful. I'm yeah. just
0: thinking as well, I don't have to,
2: because it's something we haven't mentioned, but it's just kind of come bundling into my head that, you know, as we're recording this, it's in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. So it feels probably relevant to mention that briefly. But yeah. I'm wondering how has this pandemic affected your work in organizations? I know we're kind of going backwards now again, but it just popped into my head and I was thinking, oh, I wonder how this has affected
0: your work. Here in Brazil, we had the first ideas of isolation and uh, social distance in the middle of March. And uh, at that moment, all of my work was, not all, but mainly presential, especially with groups. And I did some uh, individual attendance in coaching, mentoring and supervision through video conferences. But we didn't have yet an experience of Dealing with group development, working groups, Mm. taking into consideration the need of interrelation of the members of the group in small groups and the dynamic, the development of the group in the background to make easy the individual learning. It's also into the companies with it's common to do meetings much, much more in the consultant role or in the educator role, but not into the facilitator or developmental role. So first moment, all the works stop for one or two weeks. And then in the people who are into the the essential services are continue running under restrictions. And we come back to work individually, continue working. Some people who are self-employed stop it and do the uncertainty still not come back. And we are into the uh, March was our time to begin new groups, open groups. And we stop it, postpone to May. And in April, we identified that was not possible. And from March, May, we did some trials to transpose to the online what we did in Presential Rooms. We make some trials, some experiments, find some uh, tools uh, who could help us to keep the methodology, to keep the potency, to developmental learning. And uh, in end of April, we start to say to the clients that we could go forward. Right. Okay with trials. And in May, we start to work with companies doing a leadership development program online. And we will start in June, two open groups, one coaching and mentoring program, and another one that we call it professional development with TA, Right, where the idea is not inform the participants to teach TA, Mm. but to use TA in their work yeah. right. uh, with themselves. Yeah. Mm. It will be a very interesting experience. And I guess that this issue of uh, the pandemic of coronavirus make the discomfort need to deal with technology, to online experiences, to home office and I guess part of that will remain and yeah. develop. So I guess in business this open opportunity, even in the psychotherapy, because this is a very stressful situation, yeah, and needs individual support. There are a lot of people needing individual support, and also uh, for that people who already has some resilience to deal with this stressful situation, need a space to bring to the mind the clearly changes. In the first moment, I saw people trying to work uh, from home with the same routine as presential. And this is quite natural, to keeping the same things doing. And what I saw is people finding very helpful taking time to reflect what change and how can I deal with these changes? How can I transpose, how can I transfer my skills and abilities to another way of communication online, for example? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in fact, online is just a way of doing the work. It's just a way to keep the communication. But how is the etiquette here? In a presential room, classroom, we know how is the etiquette. Yeah. How can I move? How can I have some uh, reflective time with myself? Yeah. How can I look around to keep my mind refreshed? Yeah. And here in the listening or viewing, we are much more focused, we are much more requesting about our focused attention and this drain energy. Mm -hmm. So the time is different, the rhythm is different. So this is the muscle exercising of presence. That's what I find very useful with many individual clients, mainly in the first 45 days of pandemic Mm. right now we already have persons thinking about uh, how come back and the issue is come back to what
1: yes i think we're all facing similar issues like that
0: around the globe
1: Mm. yeah yeah a lot of uncertainty
0: Yeah. So this issue of uh, accounting in TA, the accounting, the reality, accounting the impact of this reality in myself Mm -hmm. and the options, the new options in that reality and the capacities I need to improve the option I select is a very good process to deal with stressful situations and uh, changing points. Yeah, very true.
1: Well, it's been an absolute joy having you on the podcast with us. We're really grateful. And it's fascinating to hear about your work, especially in the context of your culture and the cultural environment around business in Brazil. I think that's really fascinating and really refreshing to hear it from a you know, completely different context. So very grateful for your time.
0: Thank you very much for you both. And um, I really admire, estimate the work you are doing and the enthusiasm you are putting on. Mm, thank and, you. Uh, yeah. And also the quality of the final work.
2: Mm, thank you. So,
0: I really appreciate that.
1: Tell us how we can contact you or our listeners will be able to find out more information about you.
0: We have a homepage www.noicp.noicp. Dot com dot pr. Great. Thank you.
2: When I went you know to um, Brazil uh, last February, I learned a phrase. Um, so I'm going to put on my my best Portuguese <laughs> accent now and uh, say uh, "Tamo junto," which, if I know the translation correctly, means "We are in this together." which I think is both timely given the pandemic, but also we're all in the TA community together and it is a really beautiful community. So thank you very much, Anala.
1: As always, if you found anything in today's episode interesting, please feel free to reach out. You can visit our website, which has lots of information and TA resources, transactionalanalysispodcast.com. You can connect with us on all major platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can email us at threepeopleinyourhead at gmail.com using the number three rather than the word. If you haven't already, please follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we'd be really grateful if you could leave us a review. Thanks for listening.